Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. In the Old Testament history of Israel, God often resorted to miracles either to save his people Israel from a fierce enemy or to establish in the face of the people that he, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the only true God. Often these miracles were performed through the ministry of the prophets, such as Jeremiah or Isaiah, or Elijah. In fact, most people considering Elijah probably think first and foremost of him as a man of great power and mighty miracles. Yet he himself, when he was threatened by the evil prophetess Jezebel, was powerless to perform even the simplest of miracles to save himself. Instead, he ran away and hid himself until Jehovah came to him, not in an earthquake or in the wind or in the fire, but rather the great and powerful God came to Elijah the way he most often comes to you and me, in a gentle and quiet voice. Ed Marks is back. Good to have you back. Yeah, Chris, it's really good to be back. And this whole picture of Elijah in the Old Testament, I think, is a great help to our experience as believers in the New Testament. And, you know, like you said, Elijah, just before this, he had performed some great miracles. Right. But when the test came with Jezebel, he ran away. And I think we need to realize this, that as New Testament believers even, it's possible for us to be impressed with outward miracles and God's acts. Mm-hmm. It's deeper to know not just God's acts, but to know his ways. But the deepest thing is to know God's very person, yeah, the one who lives within us. And this is the way Paul was in the New Testament. And this is the way we need to be. And I think you could see that the Lord wanted to bring Elijah into this realization more. You know, we'll talk about this. Yeah, in this life study, when we look at Elijah, we almost see a kind of a transition here, don't we, Ed, from the Old Testament economy, which was typified by the mighty deeds of God in relation to his people, Israel. They lived by his miracles, in a sense, from the time he brought them out of Egypt and their captivity and all of the miraculous things that were associated with the Exodus and then their survival in the wilderness. And now even in the good land, it seemed like it was the miracles in the Old Testament economy that somewhat sustained the people. Maybe not God's first choice, but that's how they tended to live. But here he's trying to really teach Elijah a deeper lesson in what we're going to see today, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And it's very, very precious, Chris. I think our listeners will be very much helped 
to enjoy the Lord and experience the Lord in a deeper way through this broadcast. And let's uh, look at a few verses here in chapter 20 of 1 Kings as a kind of a background for what we'll hear from Witness Lee and then fellowship about further. Beginning in verse 9, the second part of verse 9, it says, And at that time the word of Jehovah came to him, and to hear the hymn is Elijah. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for Jehovah, the God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And he said, Go out and stand upon the mountain before Jehovah. And suddenly Jehovah passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before Jehovah. Jehovah was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. Jehovah was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Jehovah was not in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle, quiet voice. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? You would think the God that had wrought all these marvelous miracles through Elijah would have come in the earthquake and the wind or the fire, Ed, but not so. Yeah, Chris, and this shows that in our Christian life, we could look for thunderous experiences of God. When we're believers, Christ lives in us and he speaks to us in a very simple, quiet, inward way so that we can touch him and enjoy him. And some translations render it a still and quiet voice, right? Yes, even there's some translations that say a sound of gentle stillness. Wow. That's very significant. Yeah. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll come back to fellowship. Well, Elijah was thoroughly disappointed. God came in to give him a further commission. Elijah, I would commission you to do something more that you may learn something more. What you have done to shut up the heavens, to open the heavens, to call for a dam, to burn your offering to the uttermost, and even call the fire dam coming again and again to burn those people sent by the king to get you. You have to realize all these had nothing to do with my economy. My eternal economy is not to shut up the heaven and open the heaven and cause fair down. Elijah, she was happy. I shut up the heaven for three and a half years. Ahab, what can you do with me? Then I'll open it for you. Rain will come down. Then I call fair down to burn my offering to the uttermost, to prove that my God, whom I serve, is the real God. And by that, he, just one person, slaughtered 850 false prophets. They have reported this slaughter to his evil wife, Jezebel. Jezebel threatened Elijah to death. He ran away. And where is the one who opened the heavens? Where is the one who shut up the heavens? Why he needed 
to be so threatened because he had nothing of God in him. What Elijah did had nothing to do with God's eternal economy. Yet such a big, great prophet like Elijah, thus far he didn't learn the lesson, so he ran away. At here's Elijah, he had performed really at uh, Jehovah's direction and instigation these great miracles, overcoming the prophets of Baal and the other idols. And yet that really wasn't at the heart of God's economy, was it? No, it wasn't, Chris. And again, we need to be careful as believers not to be that impressed with outward acts of power and uh, great external happenings to find God. In God's economy, what he does is he dispenses himself into our being to be our very life and person. So he comes into our spirit and he becomes the person inside of our spirit. And then what we need to focus on is that sense of life deep within us. Romans 8, 6 says, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So when we focus our being on the indwelling Christ, when we pray, for instance, when we contact him, he dispenses himself into us and he speaks to us in a very normal, calm, and quiet way as we're praying, as we're in his word. His economy is to dispense himself into us so that he's one with us and we're one with him. Mm. But we can look for these great, you know, mm-hmm. happenings, and, and we want power. But this can distract us from Christ as our inner life. In the Old Testament, what they experienced mainly was the Spirit of God coming on them for them to commit powerful deeds. Mm. But in the New Testament, especially with Paul, we see he says, Christ lives in me. This is the New Testament. And God's New Testament economy is for God in Christ as the Spirit to dispense himself into us so that he becomes absolutely one with us and we become absolutely one with him. Ed, uh, in the New Testament, Paul refers to Elijah, and he refers even to this passage we just read a moment ago. Here was Elijah now in a discussion, it seems, with the Lord. And he is somewhat making a case for God to do something to protect him points out that all of the people, all of the people, all of the children of Israel, they've torn down your altars, they've, you know, killed, slain your prophets with a sword, etc., etc. And he really, in a sense, accuses God's people before Jehovah as a prophet. And Paul in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 11, he refers to this not in a positive, complimentary way, does he? No, he doesn't. And, uh, you know, it's almost as if the Lord rebukes Elijah and says to Elijah, Elijah, don't think that you're the only one yeah. on this earth that's been faithful to me. He said, I have 7,000 people that I have reserved for myself that have not bowed the knee to Baal, which shows that in every age, no matter how bad the degradation is, the Lord has a group of overcomers who are faithful to him and who he has reserved for himself. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. We'll pick up this point and again, the still and quiet voice or the gentle and quiet voice in which God finally reaches Elijah in all of his turmoil, distress, and even his complaining. God didn't rebuke Elijah. God would have some condition for him to carry on for God. 
Then she was waiting for the word of commission. She saw it must be an earthquake. It must be a big wind. Nothing. She got fully disappointed. Then, at his disappointment, a gentle, quiet voice came. I like these two words, gentle, quiet voice. This indicates God was ushering Elijah from his age to the New Testament age, setting up the heavens, opening up the heavens, calling the first to come down. Was that the New Testament age? He got disappointed in what he did in that age. In his disappointment, God came to visit him, indicating to him that God still would commission him to do something for him. When he was fully disappointed, to the uttermost, a gentle, quiet word came. This is the New Testament principle. Today, God would not speak to anyone else but thundering. Always, God speaks to us in a gentle and quiet voice. Then, in this commission, God telling Elijah that he had left to himself 7,000 in Israel. Regardless how much Jezebel with her husband Ahab could do. Yet they forsook me, they turned down my altars, they killed my prophets, and now they are seeking after your life, Elijah, right? You think only you. I have 7,000. Ed, this really touched me because uh, it so much matched, I think, all of our experience. Oftentimes, if we've had a great kind of spiritual success, we're not in much of a condition to hear a gentle, quiet voice. There's a lot of inward uh, activity going on. We're rejoicing, or there's a lot of inward cheering. Maybe there's no cheering outwardly, but we may be cheering inwardly. And there's no possibility of hearing the Lord in this kind of a way. So the Lord had to wait for Elijah to get out of that situation, even in a threatening situation, and ultimately to be overcome with disappointment before he was ready to hear the Lord in such a way. This really is the New Testament principle, isn't it? It really is, Chris. Uh, Many times the Lord sovereignly takes us through disappointment and discouragement where our being is stopped, and then we're in a position to hear that still, small voice deep within our spirit, that gentle quiet voice where the Lord really wants to speak something to us and get our attention. And many times we have to pass through things for him to get our attention. But Chris, I would like to come back to this again. I think it's very significant that, you know, how Brother Lee pointed out that all this thing, you know, Jehovah wasn't in the strong wind, the earthquake, the fire, but it was when the still small voice came. That was something of the New Testament economy that he was trying to usher Elijah into. And, Chris, I would just like to mention, I think this verse is so marvelous in Romans 8, 6, because this verse says the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. You see, when we set our mind on the divine spirit, 
who dwells in our human spirit. When we set our mind, when we're in the Word, when we're praying, or like we're fellowshipping now, and there's really a clear sky between us and the Lord, we have an inner sense of life and peace. We have a feeling of brightness within, of liveliness, of rest, of harmony, of joy, of ease. Mm. When we come to the Word, we have a sense that God said something to me today from the Bible. It wasn't just a written word to me. It was a word with my name on it. Wow. You see, but when there's something between us and the Lord, an unconfessed sin or something, then we have an inner sense of death. We right. don't feel peaceful. That's right. We feel anxious. We're not easy. We feel a darkness within. And that is to get us to turn back to the Lord, repent, open to him so that we have life and peace again inwardly. That life and peace, that inner sense of life and peace, that is that still mm. small voice that says, I want you to go this way. Boy, it's really, you see the Lord in his wisdom here. He is really trying to retrain Elijah, isn't he? He gave him the earthquake, gave him the wind, gave him the fire, but he wasn't there. And no doubt after all that Elijah had just experienced and seen of Jehovah and these mighty deeds, no doubt he was looking for him in all of these kind of ways like we often do, as you said, Mm -hmm. but waited, outweighted him really and wore him down until he was ready to hear. Uh, and to receive the Lord in this kind of a way. This is the real spiritual way, isn't it? It is, Chris. And I was considering Paul's experience again in Second Corinthians 2, where it said a door was open for him to preach yeah. the gospel. Then he said, I had no rest in my spirit because I didn't find Titus my brother. So he went into Macedonia. Well, why did he do that? It's because he was governed by the rest in his spirit. That rest is Christ himself in your spirit. That is the Lord's smile inside of you. That is his quiet voice leading you in his triumphal procession. And that's what we have to pay attention to, that inner sense of life where we hear the Lord speaking in a very normal, quiet, and still way. Ed, in our last segment today, we'll pick up both of these points, stay with this matter of the principle of the New Testament economy, and it will culminate in a marvelous passage, one of the great verses, I would say, of the New Testament economy, 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, last verse of 2 Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And we'll also hear him come back and pick up this matter of these 7,000 that you referred to a moment ago. Here's Witness Lee once again. You know, in Romans 9, Paul says, Elijah was accusing God's people. He said, praying for God's people. He was accusing. That means what? God, your people forsook you, turn down your altars, kill your prophets, they're still seeking for me. What's your God? Drop! A fair bowl, and burn up the whole thing of Israel. God said, Elijah, you are wrong. I have 7,000. I do not do things by miracles, by wind, by earthquake, by fire. I do things in my love, by grace. I still have 7,000 overcomers among them for the whole Jerusalem. God never burned out Israel, but God did punish them, send them away from their father's house as captives. 
Then who brought them back? The overcomers. One of the overcomers was Daniel. Daniel nailed down on his knees, opened the window toward Jerusalem. Oh God, your holy land, your holy city, your holy temple, plus your holy people. God heard that. Through that kind of a gracious prayer, God brought Israel back to the Father's land. All these are indications God would not accomplish his economy according to Old Testament way. Just physical, material, all the realities concerning God's economy are in the way of the Father's love, the Son's grace, and the Spirit's fellowship. I do hope that you all could see this. Really something, isn't it, Ed? Ultimately, the Lord did not uh, uh, save or return Israel because of the complaining and accusations of his mighty man, Elijah. Rather, it was by the gracious prayer of this overcomer, Daniel. Talk about the principle that this shows us. Yeah, Chris, I would like to encourage our listeners, and you read this verse from Romans, you know, where Elijah is complaining. He said, Lord, they've killed your prophets, torn down your altars. I'm left alone. They're seeking my life. This is just tremendous how Paul quotes this. He says, what does the divine answer say to him? The divine answer. Yeah. Then, he, then the divine answer is, I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Uh, Chris, I would like our listeners to pick up on this phrase, I have reserved for myself. We need to be people who say, Lord, I want to be a person who is reserved just for you. You know, I'm not for anything else. I'm not for anything in this earth. I am here on this earth just for you. And even right now, you know, if you're listening to this broadcast, you can just say, Lord, I want to consecrate my entire life fresh to you. Mm. I want my entire life, my entire future to be yours. In these last days, the Lord is calling for overcomers. You look at Revelation 2 and 3, those epistles to the seven churches, he's just calling for the overcomers. He says, to him who overcomes. All of us as believers in Christ, we need to aspire to be overcomers. And to be an overcomer isn't to be a super Christian. It's to be a normal Christian. It's normal to love the Lord with all your heart. It's normal to pursue the Lord. It's normal to be fully consecrated to the Lord. And it's normal to give your life to the Lord. And Chris, the example of Daniel, if we're going to be today's overcomers, we need to give ourselves to prayer. This is what characterized Daniel. He got on his knees three times a day, and he opened his windows toward Jerusalem, which means the windows of his being were open towards God's heart's desire to have a bride. That's the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. So we need to be today's Daniels who pray, and as we pray, we are enjoying the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is the dispensing of the triune God into our being. Love is the source, grace is the course, and fellowship is the very flow of the divine trinity into our being by our prayer. Mm. And then when we pray and we enjoy God, 
Then we can go out to minister God into others. And this is what builds up the church as the holy temple of God. And this is what will bring him back. So anyway, I just hope, you know, at the end of this broadcast, we can all make a fresh consecration to the Lord for his desire and tell the Lord, Lord, make me an overcomer, one of the overcomers to fulfill your heart's desire in this age. Ed, I think it's clear. Of course, we don't minimize God used Elijah mightily, but what the Lord is looking for today really are not the Elijahs. It's really the Daniels and the Pauls and those that can hear every day this gentle, quiet voice and experience the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit. Um, Ed, come back and join us as soon as you're able. Love to have you again. Yes, thank you, Chris. I'm looking forward to it. And we hope you'll contact us also about getting these printed life study messages and the other material we have here at Living Stream Ministry. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to call us, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.